Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people. For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. God is good. And all the time, I am delighted to see you. I really am. And every time I say that, I mean it. It's a pleasure to see you. It is an honor to speak for God. Angels would love to do what I'm doing and all other preachers are doing. But God has reserved that privilege for sinners, not for holy angels. So when I stand to preach, whether in a pulpit or in a small group, I am aware that I am enjoying a privilege angels would love to exercise. And so I thank God for this high honor. That's why I tend to be very direct when I preach, you see, because I cannot waste God's time by beating around the bush. Are you with me? I have to tell you right between the eyes so that if God calls me to account, I can tell him I told them. Are you with me? You know, Paul said, I am pure of the blood of all men because I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. So Paul is telling them, you cannot say, I didn't tell you, I told you. And so if you were lost, your blood is not on my hands. When I leave sunrise, I want to say like Paul, when I'm on that plane flying back to Ann Arbor, Michigan, there is no one's blood on my hands because I told them directly and sometimes very bluntly. How was your day? It's good to see you. I welcome those of you online, wherever you are. May the Lord bless you. I wish truly I could see you where you are, but God sees you and that is what is most important. I had a good day and I thank God for life and I thank him for the privilege of knowing him. And as I said earlier, I thank him for the high, high honor of speaking for him. If President Biden were to call me and ask me to speak for him, I would feel highly privileged. I would brush upon my grammar, make sure everything was correct. <laughs> but God has asked me to speak for him, and I'll do the best I can tonight. Who is with us this evening for the very first time? May I see your hand? First time. Any first-timers this evening? Perhaps we have first-timers online, and that's the case. We thank you very much. Anyone present tonight, you are not a Seventh-day Adventist, may I see your hand? You are, ah, we have a handsome man in dark glasses. How are you, my good brother? What's your name? And, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, Anthony was here before. That's my cousin, yes, he has my middle name. Okay, Anthony, God bless your life in every possible way. All right. Uh, anybody else? You're not a Seventh-day Adventist, but you're with us. Lamia, nice to see you, my lovely sister. God bless you for your consistent attendance. And for those online who are not Seventh-day Adventists, thank you very much for keeping or continually devoting your time to the Word of God. Not to us, but to the Word of God. Can you say amen? Before I get into the subject for this evening, I have one question to uh, answer. Let me pray before the pastor gives you the question. Father in heaven, Give me simple, direct, and biblical wisdom, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, Pastor. Amen. Question. Pastor, should Seventh-day Adventist Christians make love on the Sabbath? I can't give you a yes or no, but I'll tell you this. God created seven days. Are you with me? He kept one for himself. Six are for you. God made all the trees on earth. Am I right? He kept how many for himself? One. He told Adam, all the rest are for you. God says, for every hundred dollars you make, how much do I need? Uh, you have to give to me. Ten, you keep. Ninety, and do as you see fit. Now, this is a generous God. If God has given us six days to do what we want to do, why take the risk of violating God's holy Sabbath day? Are you following me? That's my result. Who begins that activity with opening prayer? Are you with me? Nobody. Or scripture reading? No. Now somebody said to me, well, Pastor, God gave it to Pastor us. Pastor is not so happy. Okay, hold on. He's not happy. Okay. <laughs> I'll come to him. Some people have said to me, well, God gave it to us, so it must be holy. Listen to me. God gave us work, but we're not to do it on the Sabbath. Are you following me? He gave us work. 
we are not to do it on the go to Exodus uh, 19 quickly. Let me show you before I come to the pastor who's unhappy or the elder who's unhappy. <laughs> Let's see if we can make him happy this evening. Go to Exodus 19. God gave Moses instructions to give the Israelites in preparation for God's descent upon Sinai to declare the Ten Commandments. Perhaps you've never read this verse or you've read over it. Exodus 19. When you found it, go to verse 15. Here's what Moses told the people. Are you there? 15? Read for what does that say? And he said unto the? Yeah, what? Be ready. Why? And come not at your wives. Moses says suspend all physical activities between spouses. He didn't say come not at your girlfriend. Somebody say amen. <laughs> That's not loud enough. <laughs> he said come not at your wives. They had to suspend physical activities as a means of getting ready for God. Not everything given from God to us is suitable for the Sabbath. And I said work is one of them. And so while I can't tell you yes or no, because you have an individual conscience and God can speak to you, when in doubt, don't do it. Are you with me? You ask yourself, is my mind holy during that activity? Am I thinking of God? Am I including uh, 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether therefore you eat or drink or have physical relations, do all to the glory of God, you see? Just to be safe, you have six there's no one who does that seven days a week. No man. Are you with me? No. You six. And even six may be too many. Okay, elder, uh, what was, what's, <laughs> what's the problem? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> the elder's converted. Okay. <laughs> that's my elder over there. All right. That's all the question we have for this evening. Our subject for this evening, a second look. Who can finish the title? A second look at the... Well, the law is involved. A second look at the first day. Are you with me? A second look at the first day. Before I begin, I don't recall if I turned. No. It's not off. Let me turn it off now. All right. What am I about to tell you? Come on, I've told you so many times. If you're not using the phone, turn it off until it's dead. If you're using it, just turn the sound down. Let me again congratulate you for having been so cooperative with respect to this request of mine. You've shown God reverence. May the Lord bless you for that. It's not easy to get churches to cooperate. If you don't believe me, ask someone to sit in another seat that a person is not accustomed to, and you have a civil war on your hands in the church. Are you following me? Some people sit in that seat. For 50 years, don't ask them to move. Even if it saves a soul, I am not moving. <laughs> so thank you for cooperating. Favor number two, while I'm speaking, pray for me and say what? Lord, put your words in that man's mouth. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9, you tell me what it says. Mm-hmm. God bless you, sister. You just spoke for the whole church, so all of you get an A grade. Yes, I want God to put his words in my mouth. It's a very serious business, you know. One wrong word can turn someone off, or the right word at the wrong time. And so you need the Spirit of God to guide your mouth and your mind and your tongue. Favor number three, what is that? Think. Isaiah 1.18, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Let's pray. Holy Father, thank you so much for the access we have to you through Christ and Christ alone. We've come to the end of another day. You have brought us through safely. And Father, we're so grateful. Thank you very much. Where we've offended you, forgive us, dear God. You delight in forgiving. Now grant us your spirit that he may guide the speaker and those listening. That truth may triumph tonight. Because where truth triumphs, Christ triumphs. Father, if there's some on their way, bring them safely. Bless our online audience, dear God, particularly our non-Seventh-day Adventist guests. We thank you for Lamia, and we thank you for Anthony, who's with us tonight. 
Bless them, dear God, super abundantly, Father. Do the same for our guests online. Bless the little boys and the little girls who are listening, Father. Reach their little hearts, I pray, through your spirit, that they may give their lives to you. Touch the sick, Father, and give them relief or complete healing. Bless every country represented by those watching, particularly the country of the United States that exercises such great influence worldwide. But remind the leaders, day God, that righteousness exalteth a nation, and remind us that the same righteousness exalts an individual. Now, Father, possess me, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. There are people who argue that Sunday is the Sabbath, should be regarded as a Sabbath, because it was the day on which what? Jesus rose from the dead. And indeed, we will see that Christ did rise from the dead on the first day. The question isn't, did Christ rise on the first day? The question is, where in the Bible are we commanded to keep the first day as the Sabbath? That is the question. Now, let me get right to the meat of the matter. There is no verse in the Bible that requires the observance of the first day. It simply came across as a good idea. That's all. Let's honor the day on which Jesus rose. But I say again in the presence of a holy God, there isn't a verse in the Bible that requires anyone to observe the first day of the week as the Sabbath. Let's take a look at where the first day is mentioned in the New Testament. Let's go to Matthew 28 and see if we can find a command from Christ to observe the first day as the Sabbath. Matthew 28, let's read from verse 1. Our subject, a second look at the first day. It is 7 minutes to 8. We'll be done by 8.30 or slightly beyond. Matthew 28, reading verse 1. When you found that, say amen. Read with me. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary unto the sepulcher. Now, look at that verse again microscopically. In the what? End of the Sabbath, meaning when the Sabbath was done. As it began to dawn toward the first day of the week. In other words, right after the Sabbath comes the first day of the week. Are you following me? So anyone who can find the first day of the week can find the Sabbath just before it. Are you with me? If the person is honest. Bible study requires honesty. Not traditional mindsets. Honesty. In the end of the Sabbath, the Sabbath was done. As it began to dawn toward the first day of the week. Now, the week does not have two Sabbaths. So if the Sabbath is past, surely the day that followed cannot be the Sabbath. There's only one. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. Now, out of the honesty of your heart and your soul, does that verse command anyone to regard the first day as the Sabbath? No. My friends online, I believe you honestly said no. Let's look at the next verse. Let's go to Mark, not the next verse, the next citation. Mark 16, we read from verse 1, our subject, a second look at the first day. I hit this question all the time because it is the one point of Scripture where most of Christianity goes off. There's a second point, which is that dead people can talk. There are two big errors in most of Christianity, that the first day of the week is the Sabbath, and dead people are not really dead. All right, Mark 16, let's read from verse 1. Read for me, what's that saying? And when the Sabbath was, come on, Mary Magdalene, and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome, come on, had brought sweet spices that they might, and, a, and anoint him, yes. And, verse 2, very early in the morning, come on, the first day of the week, come on, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. Matthew tells us early in the morning, right after the Sabbath was passed. Mark tells us the same thing at the rising of the sun. Why? Because they were eager to embalm the body of Jesus, you see. And so as soon as the Sabbath was passed, they came to the sepulcher, but they would not embalm his body on the Sabbath. Let's go to Luke 24. Read from verse 1. 
Luke 24, reading from verse 1, our subject, a second look at the first day. Now you have Luke 24, from verse 1, read with me. Now upon the first day of the week, come on, very early in the morning, come on, they came into the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone, what? Rolled away from them, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. Now Luke tells us, now upon the first day of the week, again we're told, very early in the morning. The women were eager to come and anoint the body of Jesus. You have the first day of the week, Christ was gone. That's why they found the tomb empty, because he rose on the first day. Let's go to John, you know, let's go back to Mark. We missed one in Mark. Let's go back to Mark. We read verse 9. Mark 16, verse 9, our subject, a second look at the first day. My online friends, I hope you're still with us. Don't go anywhere, please. Luke, uh, not Luke, sorry, Mark 16, verse 9. When you find that, say amen. Read with me. What does it say? Now when Jesus was, come on, early the first day, mm -hmm, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. So the Bible tells us clearly Christ rose on the first day. There is no controversy about when he rose. Are you with me? And I am glad he rose. Somebody say amen. Because a dead Jesus cannot save you. All right. Even though the penalty of sin is death, if he had stayed dead, he could not have applied the merits of his sacrifice. A dead Christ cannot save anyone. Now, let's go to John chapter 20. We'll read verse 1. You have John 20, verse 1. Read with me. The first day of the week cometh Mary early. Come on. When it was? Yes, very early. She probably came the first because she loved Jesus. When it was yet dark. And findeth the? Taken away from the sepulcher. Mm -hmm. Early the first day of the week, Mary comes. All five verses so far, first day of the week, Matthew 28, 1, first day of the week, Luke 16, 1 and 2, Luke 69, first day of the week, uh, not Luke, sorry, Mark 16, 1 and 2, Mark 69, first day of the week, Luke 24, 1, first day of the week, Matthew, uh, John 28, 1. Let's go to the book of Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Come on in, come on in. Verse 7, the book of Acts, written by Luke. Chapter 20, reading verse 7. Are you there? Let me pray again. Father, as I continue on this most important subject, speak directly through me and to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Read with me. What does that say? And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples were come together to do what? Break bread. Paul preached unto them, ready to depart when? And he continued his speech until midnight. Now, Paul, they came together for what reason? Look at the verse. To break bread. If you see that, say amen. They came to break bread. Now, stay in the book of Acts, go to chapter 2. Read verse 46. Luke chapter 2, verse 46. Did, did I say Luke? Acts chapter, ah, God bless you for being sharp. He wrote both books, but I'm in the wrong book. Acts chapter 2, verse 46. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Are you there now? Read with us. What does that say? And they, continuing daily with one accord, were in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with Gladness and singleness of heart. Now, how often did they break bread according to that verse? Every day. Keep this in mind. Now go back to Acts 20 and read verse 7. Do you have it? Read for me. What does that say? And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul did what? Preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and he continued his speech until midnight. They came together to break 
bread as they did, finish my words, every day of the week. Now, if you say the first day of the week is the Sabbath because they break bread, Acts 27, you must go to Acts 2.46 and say all the other days are also the Sabbath. Because they broke bread every day. That's when the church was new. They were always with each. They missed each other. They met every day. Mm -hmm. I hope we can get like that just before Jesus comes back, where we miss each other. Are you following me? Now let's go to 1 Corinthians 16 and read verse 2. Well, we read 1 and 2 of 1 Corinthians 16. 1 and 2. Our subject, a second look at the first day. You have that? Read with us. What does I say now? Concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Carefully now, come on. On the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Lay by him in store simply means privately or at home. In other words, Paul is saying, I'm coming through quickly. I have no time for something to be collected. Have it ready when I come so I can collect it, bless you, and take off. It does not command anyone to keep the first day as the Sabbath. Here's another argument people bring to say they don't have to keep the seventh day Sabbath. It is a Jewish uh, tradition. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis 2, we'll read from verse 1. Some Sunday keepers say the Sabbath is for Jews, not for Christians. Genesis 2, let's read from verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he rested from all his work which God created and made. Now, pause, take a deep breath and answer a simple quiz question. Were they Jews then? No. How many people were on the earth? Name them. And they constituted what? The entire population of the earth it sounds silly but they were the entire population of the earth so god gave the sabbath to the whole earth are you not with me the earth does not need eight billion people in order to have a population a population simply means the number of people alive on the planet there were two the population was two which means god gave the sabbath to the entire population of the world somebody say amen there were no Jews. And the entire, po <laughs> the entire population kept the Sabbath. I have learned in my years of preaching, you can say something two and two make four, and some people just don't get it. You have to say it again and say it again. Because the mind conditioned to error resists truth. Mm-hmm. What did I tell you a few days ago? You show this to someone who has been raised to say it is white. Are you with me? The person sees, but because of tradition, the person says, white. Mm -hmm. You hand the Bible to a Sunday keeper, and you say, give me one verse that says the first day is holy, and they can't give it to you. I still hold on to the first day. You, this is very sad. I must break the heart of Jesus. Let me put it to you this way. I usually use this example. Who made the trees? How? By his word. Who made the fish? By his. Who made the stars? By his. Everything was made by. Which means that Adam and Eve, they knew that God's word had power. Are you following me? Eve was standing on the grass, listening to the serpent. That grass was made by the word of God. The serpent <laughs> was made, come on, by the word of God. The tree was made by the word of God. The sun shining upon them was made 
by the word of God. The cool breeze passing through Eden at that very time was made by the word of God. She was surrounded by proof that the word of God has power. And the word of God said, in the day thou eatest thereof, come on, thou shalt surely die. That word had power. The devil said, ye shall not surely die. Now, what proof did she have? The devil's word had power. Nothing. And still, she took the devil's word. We do that today. The Bible says, the seventh day, the seventh day, the seventh day, the seventh day is holy, it's the Sabbath. Not once does it say the first day, and people still keep the first day. That's the power of tradition. Let me say something that may upset some people. Every Pentecostal is a Catholic. Every Baptist is a Catholic. Every Mormon is a Catholic. Every Presbyterian is a Catholic. Every Lutheran is a Catholic. You may say, how dare you say that? Well, let me tell you something. The Lutheran church began about 15-something. That's almost a thousand years after the Catholic church rose and set up Sunday. Are you with me? So the Lutheran church came along and found what? Sunday. And they took it. The Presbyterians, John Calvin, the leading figure, same thing around the same time, they came along and found Sunday, set up by the Catholic Church, and they adopted it while they were still opposing the Catholic Church. They were keeping Sunday set up. <laughs> You're not with me. While the Protestants were fighting the Catholics, they were keeping the Catholic day. Pentecostals began around 1900. That's 123 years ago. That's how old that church is, 120 years old. They came along and found Sunday, and they took it. The Mormons came along in the 19th century. They found Sunday, they took it. Jehovah's Witnesses in the 19th century, they came along and found Sunday, they took it. Every one of them took a day established by the Catholic Church. Wesleyans, you name them. Rastafarians. Have you ever heard of Rastafarians? Okay. They came along and adopted a day set in place by the authority of the Catholic Church. And none of them could find one verse that says, the first day of the week is the Sabbath. Could not find it. They simply swallowed what the Catholic Church said. Now, the Catholic Church defied God. Because God said the seventh day of the week is the Sabbath. The Catholic Church said, no, it's the first day of the week. We have transferred the holiness from the seventh to the first. That's what they say. We have transferred the holiness from Saturday to Sunday. And all the Sunday-keeping churches say, fine. To the extent that very few people keep God's Sabbath day. And they argue it's a Jewish tradition. It's not a Jewish tradition. It is a universal law. Unless you call the angels Jews. Go to Psalm 103, read verse 20. Psalm 103, read verse 20. Our subject, a second look at the first day. Psalm 103, verse 20. Do you have that? All right, some of God's nice looking people are still trying to find it. You have it now. Read with me. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. The angels keep the commandments of God. Are they Jews? Go to Isaiah 66. Let's look at life in the new world. Our subject, a second look at the first day. Isaiah 66, read in verse 23. Well, let's read from 22 and see the permanence of that day. Are you there? Isaiah 66, 22, 23. Read with me. For as the new heaven and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall thy seed and your name remain. In other words, permanent. Keep reading. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, shall all flesh come to worship before me saith the Lord. In the new world, 
the Sabbath will be kept. Will there only be Jews in the new world? <clears throat> the Sabbath is for the world. Go to Mark chapter 2. Mark 2. Yes, 27 and 28. Mark 2, 27, 28. Read with me. And he said unto them, what? The Sabbath was? Stop. Did he say the Sabbath was made for Jews? What did he say? The Sabbath was made for man. Give me another word for man. People. Anthropology. Yes, if you want to use the Greek. The Sabbath was made for humanity. And not man for the Sabbath. Now read what Jesus says about his personal relationship to the Sabbath day. Read verse 28. Therefore, the Son of Man, not of the first day, even though he made it. He has a special relationship with the seventh he does not have with Sunday through Friday. Jesus said, I am Lord of the Sabbath. People say, well, many years have gone by. How do you know it's the right day? There is an entire nation on the face of the earth that has kept the Sabbath day for thousands of years. What is the name of that? The Jews. An entire nation. Descendants of Abraham. So this argument, how do you know? <laughs> they never say, how do you know Sunday is the first day? No one ever says that. It is always... Sunday keepers always try to prove that Saturday is not the Sabbath. They never try to prove that Sunday is the Sabbath. My brothers and sisters, for those of you online in person, let me tell you directly. I've said it many times. Sunday is not the Sabbath. What is sin in the Bible? Go to 1 John chapter 3. Let's read verse 4. It is now 8.15. And let me tell you again, the reason why I hit the Sabbath so often, it's for many Christians, it's the only change they need to make. Mm -hmm. The only change. Whether they make it or not depends on how much they love God. What book did I say? First John. What chapter? Three. What verse? Four. Are you there? Read with me. What does that say? Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. What is sin? Sin is the transgression of the law. What's the fourth commandment in the law? Remember the Sabbath day. When you break that, you are sinning. So when you knowingly gather in a church on Sunday, regarding that day as a Sabbath, you are sinning against God. Sinning. Notice I said, when you know it's not, but tradition drives you, and you're concerned about what your friends say, or your parents say, or your spouse says, or your colleagues say, or your classmates say, and you disobey God deliberately, observing a secular day as a holy day, you are sinning against God. And so there are people every weekend singing through the hymns, singing through the shouting, sinning through whatever, the so-called speaking in tongues, sinning and devoting it to God. When the Israelites gathered around the bottom of uh, the base of Mount Sinai to worship the golden calf, they were violating particularly commandment two. That's why Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, I believe, verse 7, be not idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, rose up to play. He's referring to that incident. He calls them idolaters. And he tells us, don't do that. Now, God's response was to kill them. Are you listening to me? For breaking commandment two. Now, commandment two does not tell us who is telling me don't make images. It doesn't tell us who has the authority to tell me that. The first commandment says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Who are you to tell me that? Who said that? And what's your authority? Commandment 10, thou shalt not covet. Who are you? What's your authority to tell me? Don't covet. Commandment 6, thou shalt not kill. Who's telling me that? And what's your authority? If someone tells me, I go to the supermarket tomorrow, someone says, Look, can I check your, I'll say, could you show me some ID? Are you security for the store? Are you, what are you, show me some ID. 
only the Sabbath commandment tells you who is telling you and why. What his authority is. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. Who is he? In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle. Notice all the details. Nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. Now. Here's who's telling you to keep the Sabbath. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the creator, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed. The creator is identified in commandment for I am the one telling you, keep the Sabbath. As a memorial of my creation, keep me always before your face. I am the creator. I made heaven and earth. I made you. I have a right to tell you, keep the Sabbath. You have a right to disobey. But the Sabbath tells you who? God who made heaven and earth. And what's his authority to tell me? He is the creator. And by the way, the number one reason why we worship God is because he is the creator. Go to Revelation chapter 4. Let's read verse 11. Our subject, a second look at the first day. Revelation 4, reading verse 11. My friends online, stay with me. It's a tough message, but don't go anywhere, please. Revelation 4, chapter 11. Have you found it? Read with me chapter 4, verse 11. Yes. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Why? For thou hast created all things. Come on. And for thy pleasure they were created. Why should I worship you? Because you create. Because I'm alive because of you. Mm -hmm. That's the reason for Sabbath observance. That God is the creator. I've told you before, let me tell you again, repetition is necessary. If Adam had not sinned, there would have been no Calvary. Are you with me? No Savior, no cross, no dying, rising, none of that. But there would always be a creator. Are you with me? Oh, yes. And when Christ comes a second time, gets rid of sin and sinners, and there is sin no more, no need for intercessory prayers, no need for Savior, we will still have a Creator. That is why from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, shall all flesh come to worship before me. Christ will always be the Creator. He will cease to be the Savior. When he was on this earth, he was a prophet. Are you with me? That ended when he left. Now he's a priest interceding when we pray one day that will stop and he'll come back as a conquering king destroy his enemies set up a new world and in that world every sabbath people will come to worship him you're looking at me did you hear i say that christ will set up a new world mm -hmm. this entire world will burn <laughs> I know we're caught up trying to survive every day so we have no time to think this world is coming to an end I say again Christ will burn this entire earth with fire sinners and sin will be destroyed mm -hmm. until it's ashes the Bible says He'll make a brand new world. That's why John said in Revelation 21.1, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Why, was the first why will the first heaven pass away? It's contaminated by sin. Why will the first earth pass away? It's contaminated by sin. And sin is the transgression of God's law, and disregarding the Sabbath is the sin of sins. Because you defy the authority of God. Mm -hmm. And he or she who defies God honors Satan. Now that's tough to swallow. But we found out last night you have two choices. You either obey God or Satan. Now you may obey Satan through some agent of his. But ultimately you're obeying Satan. And so tonight I'm asking those of you in present at present in the building and online make a change out of love for Christ 
make a change. And that change is stop regarding Sunday. If you don't believe me, go to your local priest or bishop or prophet or iman, whatever you call them, and ask them, show me from the Bible where the first day of the week is holy. Not one can do it. You know what they'll tell you? Do not go back to those meetings. That's what, do not go listen to that guy. Don't go back. That's what they'll tell you. Or they'll tell you, well, we keep it to honor this, uh, the resurrection. Then you say, but show me one verse that says the first day of the week is the Sabbath. Or the Sabbath was changed. Show me. They cannot show you. You know why? It's not there. Make a change. Forget what your friends think for a while. Even your spouse for a while. And your colleagues. Think of what God thinks. You know why Jesus suffered in Gethsemane? Because the law was broken. You know why he died on that cross? The law was broken. Christ didn't die because people were poor. He died because of sin. He didn't die because women couldn't get husbands. He died because of sin. He didn't die because someone did not have a degree from the University of Sunrise. He died because of sin. And Sabbath breaking is sin. Because it defies the authority of God. That's what Satan did in heaven. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my thrones above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend upon the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. You see, as the Most High, you don't tell God what to do. That's what Satan wanted. No one tells me what to do. What the devil wants really is chaos. What God wants is order. What the devil wants is chaos. Chaos exists where law is disregarded. Are you with me? Order exists where law is respected. He or she who violates the Sabbath commandment is in some way contributing to chaos. And the chaos occurs first in your life because sin has no benefits. The chaos occurs in your spiritual life. Obedience to God is a foundation stone of order and peace tranquility and the relationship to God which is right which is right and as we read in Psalm 103 verse 20 bless the Lord ye his angels that excel in strength that do his commandments angels in heaven you see the ten commandments govern the entire universe people don't understand that it's not just for the earth it governs the entire universe because the law existed before Adam was made Before he was made. And when Lucifer rebelled, he broke the law. That's why the Bible says, He that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. He broke the law. You cannot sin unless there's a law. You cannot be ticketed for speeding unless there's a law that tells you what the speed is. Nothing is wrong except there's a standard that says, that's right. Are you following me? Sin introduces chaos. Disorder, anarchy, and ruin. That's why this earth has to be destroyed. Let me say it differently at 25 after 8. Anything touched or contaminated by sin must be eventually destroyed. Anything. The earth and the heavens connected to the earth. They were both contaminated by sin. Christ will destroy the heavens and the earth and make a brand new heaven, brand new earth, not with one microscopic taint of sin. Now, that applies to human beings too. Christ will destroy all those in whom sin is found, even one. That's why we need to be covered by the blood of Jesus. You see, the blood of Christ simply means the life of Christ. And in Christ, there is no sin. When you're covered by Christ's life, the Father looks at you and he sees the life of Christ. And no one covered by Christ 
can be destroyed. That's why Abraham told God, will thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked that be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked? Don't do that, says Abraham. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Sin must be destroyed and the place where sin exists, whether it's the world or the human heart. And so to save you and me from that destruction, Christ has arranged for us to be born, come on, again. This time of the spirit, not of the flesh. Mm -hmm. Because not one sin will be admitted to heaven. And so tonight, what's our subject? A second look at the first day. Did you find any text that says the first day is the Sabbath? And you never will. Because it's not in the Bible. Will you not make a decision at least say to God, Father, give me the courage to make the right choice. My family members may not like me saying this, but when I was a little boy, my mother found out about the Sabbath, was immediately convicted and began looking for a church where people worship on Saturday. She'd never heard of that in all her life. We eventually found an Adventist church. And she took all of us I thank God she did that. I was small. I couldn't object. And I'm glad I was small. And I thank her. And I thank God for her. She's resting now. And I hope to see her in the kingdom. But because of that, we effectively lost a father. Are you with me? Because he wasn't consulted. And didn't like it. So we effectively lost a father. And she effectively lost a husband. Salvation is a price God paid to save us. We must be willing to pay a price to escape this earth. And that price is sacrifice. So there's sacrifice coming down. There must be sacrifice going up. God gave all he had, and we must give up all we have. And so she paid the price, and uh, so did we. But I'm glad I am glad she had that courage. I mean, I am glad. And I thank God for her, and I long to see her in the kingdom. But she realized God had spoken to her, and she was willing to pay that price. What price are you willing to pay that you might have a place in God's kingdom? Pay the price. Because as the Bible says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Romans 8 verse 18. The seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. Sunday is just a day of the week like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. God did not bless Sunday or Thursday. The Bible is clear. He blessed the seventh day and has never removed the blessing despite the claim of the Catholic Church that they transferred the sacredness from the seventh to the first. The Bible says you cannot unbless what God has blessed. How many of you will say, God, thank you for truth. Can I see your hand? Thank you for truth. It really sets you free. Stand up with me. And for those of you online, I want you to make a decision, a bold decision, to keep the seventh day Sabbath. And if you have a card with you, just write down, I want to keep the seventh day Sabbath, if you have not been doing that. Online. Make a decision to keep the seventh-day Sabbath the one Jesus kept. And you cannot go wrong following Jesus' example. Are you with me? It was the day the disciples kept. And you cannot go far wrong following the men that Jesus inspired and led. Nowhere in the Bible. Let me say this to you. Old Testament and New Testament, they kept the seventh-day Sabbath. Adam kept the seventh-day Sabbath. Listen to me carefully. Methuselah kept it, Seth kept it, Enos, Noah, Moses, David, Solomon, Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, Ruth, Peter, Paul, Barnabas, Silas, John, James. These are biblical examples. Give me one Bible character that observed the first day of the Sabbath. You cannot find one. Then who's your example? Father in heaven, accepting truth is not easy. 
That's why we need the Holy Spirit. But God, you love us so much. You went to the extent of giving your son and he died and rose. Father, if you can pay such a terrible price, surely you can exert a little more of your spirit now to trouble that man or that woman online in this building or wherever that the person may make a choice to obey you. Father, somehow convince them that obedience is life. Disobedience is death. Tell them, dear God, that the seventh day is the Sabbath. Tell them that Jesus died because the law was broken. Tell them that Jesus said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. Tell them that. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Tell them that, dear God, that finally some resisting person may decide to obey you and observe the seventh-day Sabbath. Right now, Father, online in this building, let people make choices to obey you because to disobey you is to cooperate with the devil. Please, God, work overtime, I pray, to change some heart, change some stubborn mind. That person will be glad in the resurrection. It is humble prayer, Father. Bring us back tomorrow to hear your word again, we pray in Jesus' name. Let God's people say, Amen and Amen. Before you sit, what will you take from the message? Raise your hand. Yes, my dear sister. You cannot unbless what God has blessed if you wonder where it is found. Numbers 23, verses 19 and 20. Somebody, yes. Jesus has a special relationship with the seventh-day Sabbath. He said, I am Lord of that day. Mark 2, verse 28. Somebody else, what will you take from the message? Yes, my brother. Choose Jesus. Choose obedience. Choose order, choose law, not chaos. Satan promotes chaos. Christ promotes order. When you come to Christ, he orders your life. And his standard is his law. Yes, my brother. In the new earth, we'll keep the Sabbath. All flesh. I, I look forward to seeing that. All flesh. Maybe people on other worlds who've never sinned. All come and worship God. Ah, God will find a way to do that. Don't miss it. Anybody? Yes. When God blesses, mm -hmm. when God blesses you, no one can curse you. You can't curse the Sabbath. You can disregard it. You can't curse it. Disregarding the Sabbath, you curse yourself. Are you with me? You curse disobedience is suicide. One more. What will you take from the message? And I finish this. Yes. The Sabbath was made for man and not man, but it was made for our blessing. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Let God's people say, Amen and Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.